listen up. We have a problem. It's called defense. We don't really know how to play it anymore. We struggle a lot on that side of the ball. And you may have wondered, was there ever a time when the Atlanta Falcons were good at defense? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, there was. Actually, in 1977, led by Mr. Glanville himself, the Atlanta Falcons only allowed 129 points. Ooh, that's some incredible defense. And I miss it. And maybe you do too. They were called the Grits Blitz. And so that's the name of this podcast. Essentially, it's a tribute to one of the all-time greatest defense the NFL ever saw. And it's a longing for one day when the ATL will have a defense just like it. But that's not today. But maybe it'll be tomorrow. Who knows? This is the Grits Blitz. This is the Atlanta Falcons podcast. Let's get to it. Hey, this is Mikey Puckett. I'm the host of the Grits Blitz, and I'm excited about the show today because we're going to break down a little bit of the Chicago Atlanta film, mainly some of the key plays that I saw that shifted the tide of the game. And I'm really going to just talk about the second half. Uh, We know how the first half went. As always, we dominate. And then the second half, things fall apart. And I wanted to focus on a few things in the second half of that game. As well, I'm going to bring up what I expect to see against the Packers and what to expect to see on Monday night and give you a little bit of uh, hope that I actually think we might have a chance at beating the Green Bay Packers. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But I think there is a chance on Monday night we could get that win, the first one of the season. But before we get started, I just want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time listening. Uh, and if you are a listener and you haven't rated us and reviewed us, that would be incredible. Uh, that helps us uh, be able to build our community and get our podcast out there as well. So let's just dive straight into this. So the second half of the football game, as you guys know, we crumbled as we usually do and as we've done in 2020 so far. So let's look quickly at the key plays in the third quarter. So you have an interception thrown by Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it is a terrible throw right to our boy. He takes it back, gets tackled, although I really wish that he would have taken it to the end zone. That would have been nice because that would have been probably the end of the game from that point on. But he gets tackled. He gets brought down to the ground. Our offense comes out and stalls just completely stalls, and we have to go kick a field goal. So now we have created a 26-10 lead over the Chicago Bears. You would think that halfway through the third quarter that that would be a safe buffer, but it never is. And the Chicago Bears do something absolutely incredible. They put in Nick Foles, Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. And Nick Foles comes in. And he starts playing much better than Mitch Trubisky. And so we get into the fourth quarter and we get another opportunity to get three points to get the score to 29 to 10. But we miss this field goal. That is a critical mistake. That is a fundamental mistake. You gotta be able to make those field goals. You gotta be able to extend your leads in the fourth quarter because one, you're demoralizing a team. They just put in Nick Foles. It hasn't looked really great with Nick Foles. And if you can extend that lead to a 
point lead, creating forcing the game to be a three-possession game, that really puts the clamps down on the Chicago Bears mentally, but also really increases our chances of being able to close out a game for the first time this season, and we failed to do so. Then, one of the craziest plays I've ever seen happens at the 12:30 mark in the fourth quarter. So you have Nick Foles, pull, you know, stepping back to pass. He throws a laser to Graham. He should have put a little bit more air under it because literally the football goes through our hands. We have a chance to intercept this football. We got three guys in the area. One guy jumps up, and the ball goes straight through his hands, and into the chest of Jimmy Graham. So now Jimmy Graham has caught this pass that should have been intercepted, and once again, another opportunity to seal the deal and win the football game. But that's not the end of the play. Jimmy Graham catches the ball, begins to run, and we strip the ball out of his hands. Now the ball is on the ground. We have we have three or four guys to two guys of the Chicago Bears around this football. So What happens? Of course, the Chicago Bear wide receiver scoops the ball up and begins to run. Well, guess what? We strip the ball again from him. And as he's falling to the ground as the wide receiver, we're jumping on the ball as well. He's able to fall and recover his own fumble. If this is not the summary, I mean, we should have known. It's the summary of our season right there. But we should have known that when that play happened and the oddity of it, For one, you have a chance to get an interception. You don't. They catch it. Then you have a chance to recover a fumble. You don't. They recover it. Then you have another chance to recover a fumble, and you don't, and they recover it. That should have been the sign right from the beginning that this game was over. And I think I knew that. I think I knew that when I saw that happen. I think I knew, okay, this will be a fourth quarter comeback of the ages. Nick Foles is going to win this football game. Because at no point throughout the game was I thinking, oh, we're actually going to win with this lead. Like, come on. We're not that naive at this point. We understand that it's a four-quarter game. If anybody understands that, that's us. But you see this play happen, and it really does nutshell essentially what 2020 has been for Atlanta. That's incredible. I've really never seen anything like that. That was, and, and to say the least, like that's a strange play. That's a very odd play. And the odds of that going in favor of the Chicago Bears three times is incredible um, in a 10-second span, essentially. So now this is what happens. They score, but we are able to prevent them from being able to get the two-point conversion. So now it's 16-26, to 26, a two-possession game with four minutes and 20 seconds, 27 seconds left. Come on now. You're telling me that at 16-26, to 26, a two-score game, we're going to lose this football game with four minutes and 27 seconds? Come on. Are we serious? And so what happens in order for us to lose this football game? One, it requires an offensive dud. We dud out. We completely stall out. We don't get any time off the clock. And they are able to get the ball back and score with a missed tackle by... Uh, by one of our players, and Robinson's able to take it to the house. You cannot, in that moment, at 4 minutes and 27 seconds, 27 seconds, let them score that fast. So now, with 4 minutes and like 20 seconds, they're able to have a one-possession game 
one possession game. And we now have to get back into this game somehow mentally. And we don't. And as you know, they're able to do it again and score again and get 20 points in literally the fourth quarter, and we lose. I mean, we had won the turnover battle at this point. We, you know, we had two turnovers. They had one, um, you know, and, and the last one that they got was on the last play, essentially, of the game. And what I really wanted to draw and make a point is when it matters the most, the Atlanta Falcons are incredibly inefficient. Can this ever be fixed? Can it? Can we actually fix this? Because the team, and there's a lot of 0-3 teams out there, but the, and for instance, I watched Thursday night, the Jets 0-3, the Broncos 0-3. Those teams are 0-3, and I feel like those teams are 0-3 because of their quarterback play, because of a lot of things at stake, their defense, their wide receivers, I mean, their running backs. I mean, they got a mess. Those teams are a mess. But what is so strange is to think that the Landon Falcons are 0-3 with a Calvin Ridley, elite, playing elite this year. He's going to be a pro bowler this year. Julio Jones, elite. Hayden Hurst, better than Austin Hooper. Upgrade there. Todd Gurley, upgrade to Dante, uh, Devontae Freeman. I mean, he isn't playing lights out, but definitely an upgrade. A better offensive line. A better QB, Matt Ryan. And the, the, the reason is, is I think legitimately that we are 0-3 is a piece of the offense, but I would say 75% is on our defensive backfield, DBs. I think we're like 31st in the league. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Insane. Absolutely insane. And I think we're 0-3 because of a mentality issue. It's not a talent issue. It's not a player issue, a capable athlete issue. It's a mental issue that is inside our players. The Jets are 0-3 and the Broncos are 0-3 because of a talent deficit. The Chicago Bears are 3-0 and we are a more talented football team than them. And the reason why we are losing football games is because of a mentality issue. And that points to a degree of a culture. I don't know what the culture, I mean, I know it's a good culture in Atlanta. People want to play in Atlanta. But I just wonder if this coaching staff has kind of lost its uh, its uh, voice with this team when it comes to closing out football games, finishing football games. And I don't know. I can't tell. It doesn't seem like they coach differently. It doesn't seem like, but whatever it is, they're not coaching out the mentality. The mentality to lit up the gas, the mentality to stall out on offense, the mentality to create a lot of cushion, to miss tackles. And and I think it's a, one of the reasons is is there needs to be an emphasis. So when, when you need a team to to recover mentally, you got to emphasize fundamentals. You just got to go back to the basics. You got to sit down with this team this week. Hopefully they've done it all this week and sit down on the fundamentals. If you make that tackle on Robinson with four minutes and 27 seconds left, you're going to chew out another few minutes of clock and you're going to win the football game. All right. That's one play that you can get at 16 to 26 and make and result in winning the football game. But when it matters most, they're not leaning in on their fundamentals and they don't make the play. Also at 12 minutes and the 12 minute 30 mark, the pick the fundamentals of catching a football gotta have that we were there we were in position we just gotta catch the football pick it off also the fundamentals of recovering a fumble gotta have it it was in our hands at one point and and including the fundamentals to go up to to go up 29 to 10 of making a field goal 
When you are in the second half and when it matters the most, you have to be the best fundamental team. And we are not the best at the fundamentals. Talent is not enough to win a football game in the NFL. You got to be perfect fundamentally and then talent takes you to the next level. So for instance, the Chicago Bears, they played more fundamental when it mattered most, especially at the quarterback position and on offense and on defense. When it mattered most, they played, they made tackles, they made catches, they scored points. And they prevented our team from making points. They And they did that by leaning in on their fundamentals and leaning in on their discipline. And they were able to accomplish the goal of winning the football game. When it mattered most, it's about the fundamentals. And when it matters most, the Falcons are the worst team in the NFL at the fundamentals, at making tackles, getting pressure to the QB, at covering uh covering wide receivers and keeping good space and keeping good integrity and using good form and fundamentals with your hands at the point of attack. None of those things are happening in the fourth quarter of the Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons football game. And you can point to three or four opportunities that they had and could have had to close out this game if they were better at their fundamentals. So I think that's a coaching issue. And that's why... You know, when the players came out this week and they said, it's on us, it's on us, we got to win the game, it's not on our coaches. I know what they're doing, I get what they're doing, I'm glad that they're actually saying that and doing that, because that means that the team is still together, and I think that is a key ingredient for what can happen on Monday night, is if the team can stay together, they don't turn their backs on each other, they don't turn their backs on this coaching staff, and they did work on the fundamentals, I think Monday night, you can get a win against the Green Bay Packers. I think they are beatable. Now, they're talented now, now you're playing a team like, you know, that has players, got guys on that football team. Okay, the Chicago Bears were really weak at quarterback. Nick Foles, even though he's good, he's definitely not Aaron Rodgers, and he's not Dak Prescott, and he's not Russell Wilson. So the this guy, Aaron Rodgers, is is really good, and you just lost to Mr. Risky and Nick Foles because your fundamentals were not sound. So that's that's a huge, huge problem. All right. I'm going to bury it. Chicago and Atlanta, it's buried. We're done with it. We're not going to talk about it, okay? Moving forward on the show. Here we go. I want to talk about essentially the injury report with you guys. So I think this is a problem. One of the biggest problems that we are facing on Monday night is the fact that it's likely that Allen and Neil will not be playing. Those are now they're not great safeties, but they are our starting safeties, which means they are better than our backup safeties. So if our backup safeties are not better than Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen, who are playing pretty bad this year, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign to have and when you're going in playing Aaron Rodgers, that your safeties, your two starting safeties are probably going to be out of this football game. Mm, I hate that. That is we got to get one of those guys back to be able to have a chance at slowing down the Green Bay Packers. And, I mean, yes, they could have an off day, and that's what would be required. But we got to get, you know, like the Packers would have an off day, and, and that would be required to beat them without our starting safeties. But if we can get one of those guys back, we could have a chance, I think, at actually outright, even if they're playing well, to have a chance to win this football game. So that, that's pretty critical there. Um, injury-wise, if we can't. So they didn't practice on Friday, according to the reports, and so that's a problem. And I think Tack McKinley, you can't 
you can't overstate how important he is to our defensive line and linebacker play. I mean, he's he's a he's a big contributor, and if he can't play either, that's going to be a big effect on us. Grady Jarrett did practice, so good sign is we're playing on Monday. It looks like that he's going to be ready to go. So is Calvin Ridley, and so is Julio Jones. The double thumbs up there. We're going to have our best players. Grady Jarrett is our best player on defense. We got to have him on Monday night. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley are our best players on offense. We got to have them on Monday night. And it looks like those guys are going to be in, but still, the problem at safety is a huge problem. Now, I want to just bring this up. I think that the Atlanta Falcons need to go out and get a safety. Earl Thomas is available. I don't understand why we're not talking to him. And maybe it's a culture reason. Maybe he just wouldn't fit in. And maybe he is kind of like one of those players that is toxic and can be like a cancer on a team. So if that's the case, definitely don't go after him. And and that probably could be and likely is the case. But still, I would like to see some interest in trying to bring in some help in the secondary. we got to get some help there. And I really... I, I was impressed by Todd Gurley's improvement this week. He, I think he rushed for a little bit over 80 yards, and he wasn't getting, he was breaking some of those shoelace tackles that I brought up against the, the Dallas Cowboys. And so that's a that's a great sign when you can run the football and get a little bit more balance on offense that can help you out. Just for whatever reason, the second half we just kind of got away from running the football um, or doing it well, and and we just got to got we got to get some runners in here that can close out a game, and, and that might be just getting a big back getting a big, burly dude to get back there that is just going to ground and pound for four yards, five yards of carry, no matter what, whether it's there's blocking or not. So I think think looking out for a guy like that would be great for the Atlanta Falcons to add if they can get that in free agency or in trade to whatever degree that can happen. That would be awesome. So let's talk about Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. Primetime TV, baby. Let's hope that they do not melt in this moment. I think that there is a high chance in this game that the Packers actually start off with a, with a lead. And I kind of would prefer that, if you know what I mean. I would prefer for us to be playing from behind in this football game than for us to be playing with a big lead. I think it, the Packers will likely come out, and I think they will start off with a lead and I hope it is a 10 point or 14 point lead that requires our team to play harder and harder and harder as the game goes along and I'll be interested to see if we just buckle and crumble like we did with Seattle where we just kind of like lay down and let them run us over and blow us out and if that happens and we go to own four I think that is meaning that there's a broken culture and broken system in, in Atlanta, and I think that would be a good day. We played four games. We're, we're through a quarter of the season, and I do think that it would be fair to tell Dan Quinn to step down and to move on. And I know that's super unprofessional, but when your team starts off 0-4 with the players that it has, and you still have a chance, you could still turn the season around, even though you lost four straight games, which would be highly unlikely, but you've got to be able to turn it around, turn it around, turn it around, and it would it would be, I think it would be fair to say to Dan Quinn, like, hey, man, this is not working out. I do think it is working out, though. And I do think this team is together. And I do think this team has some grit and some fight in them because of the leadership and because of the culture and because they care about each other and because they care about their coaches. I think that we could see on Monday night a really good football game from us. And I hope that it does start off with us having to work back from a deficit, having to 
work the whole time, four quarters, playing everything we got in order to close this football game out. Now, if Koo is not in, I think this game could come down to a field goal, and it would be fitting for us to miss a field goal uh, to win a football game, and we just just shank it or something like that. That would be hysterical. Uh, and just another way to just cry as an Atlanta Falcon football fan. So so where do I, you know, Green Bay, it looks like um, one of their receivers, Laz- Lazard's out. It's up in there with Devontae Adams. So you, with our weakness in the secondary, this is going to help us out. If those guys do not play, we could have a chance playing against their backups. Now, the Marquez guy is really good. I think it's like Valdez, Marquez Van Valdez or something like that. Um, he, he's really good as well, and, and they got some pieces. Aaron Jones is really good, but our team has been really good against the run, and, and that, that has really impressed me on the defensive side. If there's one gleaning hope is that this team has done a great job against the run and has actually improved their tackling um, from last year. And so if that is the case, and if we can get the Green Bay Packers to move away from running the football and to just throwing in the football, I think as crazy as it sounds, that is our best chance of winning the football game is getting them to move away from the run game and getting them to move to the passing game. And the reason why I think that's the best way is because of the weaknesses that they are encountering at wide receiver and our weaknesses at defensive back. I think if they moved in that direction, I think that Yes, it could turn into a shootout, but I'd much rather be in a shootout, a shootout with them, with our guys, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Hayden Hurst and Matt Ryan and Todd Gurley, than with their guys. And I think when it comes to a shootout, I think our guys, and if our offense hits the gas the whole way through, I think we got the players to win the football game. And if we can lean in on our fundamentals and work on those fundamentals, even with Russell, Russell Gage is having a great year. We have a great wide receiving core, and our offensive line is playing well. I think if if we embrace the fact that our defense is going to lit up a lot of points and our offense embraces that and says every possession we got to get points and we go out there and we get points, I think we that's the best chance we got. That's the best chance we got. So my hope is that we come out, we stop the run, and we commit. That's our the thing that we're good at, and we're committed to not letting Aaron Jones win the football game. And then we put it all on Aaron Rodgers, and we're bringing pressure, and we're making tackles. When they make a big throw, we're tackling the guy. And yes, they got 20 or 30 or 40 yards on that pass, but they got to do it again, and they got to do it again with us screaming down their throat, with pressure and with our defensive line uh, screaming down their throat, with our best players, our linebackers. Deion Jones is a beast at blitzing. Having him blitz and having Grady Jarrett on the line, those are our best players on defense and letting those guys win the days at stopping the run and then getting pressure to Aaron Rodgers. Don't pull don't pull our guys into coverage. Just make sure that our DBs are fundamental and their form and technique. And if the play if their wide receivers make a play, great. Just make the tackle and let's live to fight another day. That's where I stand. That's I think the philosophy that we need to take, um, we and, and we and we push into and we try to try to accomplish. If we are sitting back, not bringing pressure letting Aaron Rodgers pick us apart and letting the run game work and nothing's really going well on defense, we're going to get blown out. Just period. We cannot keep up. We will not be able to keep up. So I'm interested. This is going to be a great, if we can win this game and get to one and three, I think the road ahead 
is going to look favorable f- for us as well. So it just is a it's just a mental switch, and that for me is you got to get these guys. I think they're just putting a lot of pressure on themselves. They're putting a lot on them. You got to get these guys to realize that it's not on you. It's just on you to do your one specific job fundamentally and be sound in that. Be sound in making the tackle. Be sound in making the block. Be sound in catching the ball. Be sound in making the throw. And that and just hammer that into their heads that when it matters the most, just keep doing your job as best as you can. You don't have to do more than what's asked of you. Just when an opportunity comes, just be there to take advantage of the opportunity. Don't worry. Don't stress out too much. So that's it. That's all I have for you guys. I love you guys. You guys matter to us. Please subscribe. Please share. Please, uh, please, yeah, rate and review. I mean, that just goes a long way for the show. And you guys are the best, literally the best. Absolutely love our listeners. And love, you know, as hard as it may be, love being a Falcons fan. Oh, and just wanted to add, go Braves, baby. Let's go. If anything is going to help us, you know, as Falcons fans, to soothe our pain is to cheer for the Braves. So let's go this week, baby. NLDS. Let's go. Go Braves. All right. Love you guys.